Welcome to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. We're here today bringing leaders from the NHS together to talk about topics which matter to them as well as challenges that they're facing today. I'm Louis and I'm your host today. Uh, We're joined by Isabel, Steve, Catherine and Howard. The views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect official position or policy of the organisations they work with. Before we delve into today's topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Isabel, do you want to kick us off? Hi, Louis. I'm Isabel, Isabel Clark. I'm the Community Insight Leader at NHS Sussex. So that essentially means that I like talking to people <laughs> and trying to make sure that their views have an impact on NHS and care services across Sussex. Brilliant. Thank you. And Howard? Hi, Louis and everybody. Uh, yeah, I'm Howard Lewis, uh, living in Brighton and Hove. Uh, I'm a member of the panel. Uh, very happy to to be on the panel. Um, I've, uh, in a previous life, I did work in the NHS for about eight, eight to nine years involved in patient uh, engagement. So I'm very passionate about ensuring that there's a patient voice in the development of local health services and hope to be able to uh, carry that on in my uh, with my role on the panel. Thanks Howard and over to you Catherine. Hi Louis, hi everyone. My name's Catherine Verrill and I live in Bexhill-on-Sea which is in East Sussex as well. Um, I am a NHS digital citizen and previous to that I've worked for NHS Sussex Digital First Team as one of their patient participation group leads for over two and a half years and so being um, invited onto the panel was a really good opportunity for me. Um, Previous to that I worked for um, a regional health authority and also I've been a tutor in the lifelong learning sector. Great, thanks Catherine. And last but not least, Steve. Hi, all. <clears throat> Sorry, Steve Smith, um, member of the People's Panel. Um, my background is in uh, a niche area called telecare, and that's the provision of equipment and services uh, for care of the elderly. And there's a big issue at the moment around digitalization because the analog telephone network is disappearing in the next two years. So we've got a, a huge task as a sector to make sure all the equipment is being brought up to date and we'll continue to operate on the uh, the new digital IP-based network. So that's me. Brilliant. Thanks, Steve. Um, so now that we've established some context for you, I think you, a couple of you have mentioned the panel there. Um, so we'll move on to today's topic, which is Sussex ICB's Digital and Data People's Panel. Isabel, it'd be great if you could kick us off today introducing what the Digital and Data People's Panel is. Yes, absolutely. So as part of my role as Community Insight Lead is to lead on the Digital and Data People's Panel. And the People's Panel um, was set up really to make sure that the views and needs of the people and communities across Sussex are really the foundations on which we build digital and data services. So in Sussex, we have a really long established um, history of working with our people and communities and we're incredibly passionate about making sure the insight of those views of our communities feeds into our work and within digital and data what I'm particularly excited about is the fact that colleagues and the programs of work are incredibly passionate about that just as well and and kind of through that work we've developed this people's panel and the people's panel essentially is a group of about 15 individuals from a range of different backgrounds so we have people such as um, who have lived experience of physical or mental health conditions 
conditions. We have an individual who's a carer. We have people who are blind or visually impaired. People who don't speak English as their first language. People who are less digitally enabled as well as people who are incredibly digitally enabled. And also people from ethnic diverse communities. And again, in Sussex, we're really passionate about working with our volunteering community sector because they're able to really help us to make sure that the insights of some of our communities that we're not able to reach um, are able to feed into our work. And, and we're really lucky that we have a number of voluntary sector partners also involved in the work um, and also one of our uh, volunteer community ambassadors. So the, pa the panel was really set up um, back in the summer through kind of a, a series of kind of recruitment processes um, to make sure the views of our population fed into the digital and data work. And what's really exciting about the People's Panel, in my view, is that it sits at such a high level. I've worked um, in Sussex now since 2018. Um, and the People's Panel is, is really part of a big change, I think, in terms of how we work with our people and communities. So recently in Sussex, we've developed the Working with People and Community Strategy. And through that, we in Sussex have a number of um, involvement reference groups. Um, and essentially, they're very similar to the People's Panel, but for digital, we've called ours the People's Panel to make it slightly more complicated. Um, and the idea being that the, the People's Panel sits right under the Digital and Data Delivery Board. So it's really providing assurance and rigour to the work that the programmes are doing. It's really helping to review and give input to the Digital and Data projects and really helps to bring the voices from our populations into the work and support effective co-design and co-production and really help us to maintain insight. So it's a really effective way of scrutinising um, the work we're doing from a Digital and Data point of view. And as I said, what I'm really excited about with the panel is the fact that it sits right underneath the Digital and Data Delivery Board. And that shows, I think, in Sussex, the importance that digital and data colleagues and organisations in Sussex from a health and care point of view feel that the panel has. So incredibly exciting. So the panel has met um, a couple of times already. Um, members of the panel received training back in uh, October, kind of a bit of an overview of what digital and data ambitions are in Sussex, what we're looking to achieve, the role of the panel, but really almost being a bit of an open book because this is, whilst we've worked obviously with our people and communities in a range of different ways before, this is the first time I think we've really worked at such a strategic level and involved them at a really high strategic level and trying to achieve effective co-design and co-production. So we're being quite flexible in our approach. And I know um, the panel members on the call, Steve, Catherine and Howard, will kind of talk about their experiences. Um, but I think it's an incredibly good space to give us the opportunities to try new things um, and really be um, quite creative. And I think for me, and I've already kind of touched on this already, but just before I <laughs> shut up, uh, is to really <laughs> highlight the benefits, I guess, for uh, for NHS Sussex and the Sussex system. And then I think wider field to other colleagues um, who work in NHS and care organisations. Obviously, the panel really helps us um, to give significant value to digital data programmes because ultimately it's helping us to ensure a population-led approach to our services within digital and data. It's really helping us to provide that insight-led approach. So we're really listening to what people are saying and scrutinising the projects based on that insight from our community. It's also really helping us to look at it from an equalities lens. So thinking about the nine protected characteristics, thinking about the equalities groups um, or people who experience uh, challenges in accessing health and care services, particularly around digital and data. We, you know, 
panel members particularly will be aware around digital exclusion. That's a massive thing. So we need to really think about that and the, the panel will help us to do that. And ultimately, you know, the panel really makes sure that the services that we develop are, are right for our population. And that's ultimately the most important thing. Thank you, Isabel. I think that's a brilliant introduction into what the panel is and, and the benefits that it's going to bring and is bringing uh, currently. Um, but really interested, we're obviously lucky enough to have three panel members with us today. Really interested to get your motivations for why did you want to join the People's Panel? Um, so who wants to kick us, kick us off there? Thanks, Isabel, for that introduction to the uh, the, the panel. Um, uh, I think I know what I'm doing now, which is, is always good to know. Uh, um, I mean, my, my reason for getting involved in in the in the panel is a. I, I, I said previously, I have a, a long uh, a long term sort of uh, uh, interest and, and passion in developing or helping develop NHS services. I'm currently <clears throat> I worked in the NHS and I'm currently also involved in uh, the local health watch organisation in Brian and Hove as well, which uh, uh, is also involved in in helping NHS Sussex develop the digital services. So that's there's a nice tie in there as well. <clears throat> but I mean, we all know the NHS is under enormous pressure, and those pressures never seem to be relenting. Uh, and uh, you know, it's ironic that we always talk about winter pressures in the NHS as if there are no pressures in other part on you know throughout the year of course there's always pressures and there needs to be uh, changes there needs to be transformation with the NHS to meet those challenges and to, uh, to improve services and I think uh, digital technologies uh, is, is a very important development uh, and initiative that the NHS can in, embrace and take forward but of course there are challenges to that and Isabel outlined some of them in her introduction in terms of ensuring access uh, and uh, and uh, engagement and co-design because that's very important and that obviously then you know generates buy-in to the the services amongst the local population and so my my sort of lens if you like that I'm looking to when I'm on the panel is you know as, as a patient, what does this mean to me? If I'm coming at this cold uh, as a patient, do I understand what's going on? I'm able to access, I'm able, you know, <clears throat> do I have, I suppose, do I have the resources and the technologies to actually use what's being proposed? So I'm always asking myself those questions uh, when I'm ever, you know, whenever I'm talking on the panel. So that's that's my, my motivation, I think. Great, thank you for that insight, Howard. Um, and over to you, Catherine. Thanks, Louis. And uh, yes, thanks, Isabel, for that absolutely fantastic introduction. I love the way that you said about create the creation that absolutely um, chimed with me. So that was lovely to hear that. Yet yeah, my motivation comes from two sources. Firstly, the fact that I've worked for two and a half years with the NHS Sussex Digital First team um, means that um, coming over to the um, people's panel is it feels like a natural logical step because when I did my introduction um, I kind of obviously you know I was just giving um, a little tiny summary of what I've done but the two and a half years that I worked uh, alongside the digital first team at NHS Sussex I worked on such a wide range of projects um, it, yeah I, I mean we, you know we'd be here till midnight so I had to sort of squeeze that together but um, my lens um, if that's the you know, obviously that's the most, um, that's the best way of putting it, is coming from the 
digital inclusion aspect um, because I worked on that project mostly. I was a member of the remote consultation working group as well, and we touched on e-hubs. But the digital skills and inclusion project was where I worked the most. And for four months, a couple of years ago, we did um, a, a piece of work that was in the comms and engagement with the protected characteristic groups for the whole of Sussex. And I think alongside um, my NHS work generally and my tutoring, that was the most um, interesting and profound piece of work I've ever done. And it was very enjoyable too. It was absolutely wonderful. Now, basically the culmination of all of that was that I became chair of the NHS Sussex Digital First stakeholder reference group and I did that for a whole year um, and so moving on to this really feels like it's natural natural and logical for me. Um, the second source is um, a lot um, smaller um, but it's basically that my motivation levels come from that initially but they're also maintained and increasing by the fact that for me a people's panel is a perfect example of best practice. And it clearly demonstrates to me, and I've seen that over, for all the work I've been involved in since 2021. Um, but again, it reinforces that it demonstrates how much NHS Sussex wants to engage with the, its people and communities. And um, a key element for me, which I know Isabel touched on, but I would like to just quickly quote from our terms of reference, because I've learned this since I've come on board, and that's why my motivation levels are, you know, getting higher and higher with more and more I get into this panel and, you know, more and more meetings we have, is that um, we're reducing health inequalities and using insight from our most marginalised groups and communities. And that comes within our principles and approach, and that's something that's very, very, very close to my heart. And the fact that it's the most marginalised groups, that really is, is great. So I find that encouraging and reassuring, and my motivation levels are super high. Thanks very much, Catherine. Um, and finally, Steve, what, what are your motivations for joining the panel? I, I think, Olivia, um, they're, they're multifold, um, but perhaps one of the most important motivations, it might seem a little bit sort of offbeat, is almost helping get a recognition um, that digitalization is not just simply about patient records. I talk a lot of people in the NHS about digitalization. Uh, and it's like, oh yes, care records, patient records, it's all records based. And the truth of the matter is digital technologies have a much wider application within the NHS. Um, you know, we're talking about you know, one end telecare, there are currently 1.9 million people in the UK with telecare devices. You know, these devices keep people safe at home, um, keep people out of hospital, um, support early discharge. So, you know, helping with the bed blocking or uh, the detox issue um, through to virtual wards, to using that technology again to help people come out of hospital and actually leverage the embeds within hospitals to the best um, that can be achieved. I think we we are going through a, a huge technology change in the UK, which uh, a lot of people are probably just starting to pick up on now. But the sector, the telecare sector has been working with this for the last seven years, is that by the end of 2025, every single household in the UK will no longer have an analog telephone connection and will have a digital connection. And therefore, even if you don't have broadband, you're still gonna end up with a router, a digital router. And once you have that router, the capabilities of then 
using that, leveraging that for healthcare benefits um, are absolutely huge. The challenge is currently we, we have that 1.9 million people with telecare devices in the UK, but probably 60% of those won't currently work on a an analog, sorry on a digital network. They're analog devices, and that is a, a process that really needs managing. And the failure to do that effectively, or the withdrawal of those services because of cost drivers, etc., is going to have an indirect massive impact upon the NHS. Because if those people don't being kept safe at home more people are going to end up in hospital and that's going to put pressures at completely the wrong time. So a little bit of a balance there. It's about, you know, ensuring that there's a recognition with the NHS that digital technologies are much, much wider than than simply uh, patient record systems, but also touching upon inclusion. It's great having access points, digital access points. And, you know, classic example, you know, I made an appointment online to see see my GP um, and I've run software development teams in my career, and yet I struggled as a fairly, hopefully intelligent person, actually finding my way through the, the network. And I've already made some recommendations back on the application that if somebody who works in IT has to think about how to actually complete the application, then with respect, particularly older folks who have had less exposure to, to modern technologies, might not be PC literate, are really going to struggle with that. And the last time I was actually following that, that appointment, I physically went in to see my, my GP and ended up supporting a couple of elder patients who were trying to make appointments at reception, were being turned away because they were no longer able to make face-to-face -face appointments. So I sat with them personally, helping them make a, a, a referral online, which seems slightly strange. So I think inclusion and building applications that can be used by people of all abilities, all ages, with a range of disabilities is incredibly important. And if we can't do that, creating access points as they do in Denmark, where everything in Denmark from a health and government perspective now is online, but there are walk-in centres where typically an elderly person with, with perhaps not so good computer skills can go and sit with somebody, the public servant, and that person will actually help them with their online activities. Anyway, I think I've said enough, so I should have for a little while. No, that's great, Steve. That's a, that's a really interesting viewpoint. And see how uh, your views from your, your previous work has definitely carried into this position. Um, I'm going to provide good expertise to the panel, I'm sure. Um, Howard, do you want to come back in there? <clears throat> yeah, just following on uh, the point that Steve made, obviously, <clears throat> you can hear from Steve, his expertise is, is uh, you know, is very comprehensive. <clears throat> but that, I think because digital technologies, this it, it's new, isn't it? It's very new, this this type of stuff. And maybe that can worry people, that can maybe, uh, you know, sort of people find that a bit more challenging. And, and these technologies, they move at a pace. <clears throat> We're all familiar with the current conversations and debate around the development of AI and how that's going to impact on the world in the future. <clears throat> so I think... For me, an important element of our work on the panel is is to support the NHS in the in the communication side of this work uh, to give reassurance uh, to uh, the public and patients to uh, maybe sort of you know uh, challenge some of the myths that might be around uh, in terms of using digital technologies. Uh, and if we don't do that effectively, 
uh, I think we'd run the risk of people not wanting to engage with it. So I think that's a, a you know, that's going to have to underpin all of the work we do going forward in the future, I think. Definitely. Um, I think you've all provided the great overview as to the reasons you've got involved into the panel. Um, and obviously, Isabel touched on before the benefits of the panel, but I'm really interested to find out how is this people's panel so kind of unique and important to Sussex ICB um, and the, the patients within Sussex as well. Um, Isabel, do you want to kick us off there? Yes, absolutely. So I think just taking a step back for a second. So as I mentioned earlier, within the kind of working with people and community strategy that we have for NHS Sussex, within that is a real drive to work with our people and communities, <laughs> hence the title. Um, so really, for me, with the creation of the um, delivery boards that we have across all of our pro key programmes of work that have been outlined within our shared delivery plan, so recent work that we've done to really outline what our priorities are for the Sussex system over the next five years from a health and care perspective. Within all of those key kind of programmes of work, there are a number of delivery boards um, and uh, underneath those are a, a range of different ways of how we work with our people communities. Within digital and data, it's, it's the people's panel, but in other programmes of work their involvement reference groups so as i mentioned before i think this is the first time really from my experience of working in the nhs for five years which isn't that lot really in the grand scheme of the nhs but i think a lot has changed over the last five years um is a really kind of a desire to work with people at a really strategic level so yes we're doing the kind of work with people in communities we're going out and about in our communities but actually involving people at a strategic level that's a real game changer getting people around the kind of virtual face-to-face -face strategic space and making those decisions i think one of the things i was reflecting on before the podcast is kind of how that is trying to almost change in terms of the power balance. So I think, and I'm I'm hoping the panel members might agree with me, but I think kind of previous experiences that I've had is kind of, there's quite a rigid power balance within the NHS and how we work with our people communities. So with the people's panel, it's more about how do we flip that? So it's more about an equal partnership of working together. No one has the extreme power. It's about equality. Um, so I think that in particular is something I'm quite passionate about. And, and hopefully as well, again, panel members would agree. I'm always trying to kind of encourage members to say to me when they don't feel that's the case or if they've got any reflections or suggestions. And actually, we've made some quite um, quick changes already in terms of how we work as a panel. Um, so, for example, trying to be a bit more accessible and creative and, and almost doing a bit more of a hybrid way when we're having our conversations. Can we, for example, just use a one slide set and we do a voice note can we do something a bit more creative and get people to trial something before we have a discussion so we're trying to think a bit more outside the box so rather than the panel being a place where we just talk in a kind of formal setting it's it's doing the kind of scrutiny but it's doing it in a much more creative and i hope accessible way so i think those are the kind of special unique elements to me um that makes the panel so important and also i think all the other work that's going on across sussex to work with our people and communities definitely i think from an outsider's point of view it certainly empowers um people within your population doesn't it um and, and have empowerment over their own healthcare and others around them um catherine do you want to come in on that question yes i just wanted to say that uh, the strategic element is is 
such a big motivator for me as well. I mean, there, there's lots of reasons when we were looking at the motivation side, and that popped into my head as well, but I could only say so many things. But I, as a lot, I'm very passionate about digital and data. That's obvious. I've been working for a long time with it, and I absolutely adore my job. You ask any of my friends and family, they'll tell you. I mean, it's just been the most wonderful experience. So that obviously is my key motivator. But that aside, the strategic nature really, for me, is what grabbed me and really brought me on board. Because I'd done all of that and I thought, this is the right step for me. So I'm so pleased, Isabel, that that, that is the you know front and centre key focus for us. Yeah, Isabel. I was just going to just comment on the fact that Catherine said job. And I think she's a, she's a volunteer, but I think it shows. Uh, and this is something I wanted to mention later, but I'll mention it now. I think for me, again, another special thing is the fact that we have such a strong range of individuals, range of different experiences and backgrounds that see this more than just a kind of volunteer role. This is something they're incredibly passionate about. So I think I just, I'm just incredibly humbled as a human being, uh, take outside working for the NHS and the kind of the support that people on the panel give us and the work that we're doing. But they're not there as kind of our buddies. They are there as our critical friends. And I think there's a real balance that the panel provides. So it's almost allowing and being okay with the space that we are going to have challenge, but there's positivity in the challenge. So I just wanted to comment on the, the Catherine saying about the job because it's the fact, and then the, the fact that you see it as a as a job, Catherine, when all oh, of you are volunteers. Right, and Steve or Howard, I'd love to get your input on where you see the importance of the panel across Sussex. Yeah, I think it's actually really courageous in, in many senses for the, the NHS to actually allow the formation and encourage the creation of a, of a people's panel because it, it does give a very very strong message which is one of we want to listen we want to understand what people have got to say and it, it's almost the opposite of arrogance isn't it it's you know everybody has an important opinion and you know from a strategic point of view within the nhs we can develop all sorts of strategies but does that resonate with folks on the ground, with people out in the community, with, dare one say that, sort of Joel, Joel Bloggs personality? And if we can provide even just a little bit of, of, of guidance, and hopefully, um, and the test will be, of course, um, are, are people acting and listening on the feedback they were, were giving? Because clearly, if our feedback is completely ignored, then I think, you know, it will become a, um, a much more of a, a challenge in, in these roles. But on the basis that, you know, we will build to influence the strategy in some minor way and that we can actually provide as a group with a broader range of experiences, a positive impact, no matter how small, then I think the whole of the people's panel becomes a completely worthwhile thing. And I would hope that that the model will be rolled out into other geographic areas of the country. Definitely, I think that'd be great to see. Um, over to you, Howard. <clears throat> yes, similar line, I think. I mean, we, you know, let's let's be honest. We're it's relatively early days for the panel. We've we've had a couple of meetings and we're we're just you know sort of finding our feet to some extent. But we've we've already got a work plan. We know what our priorities are going to be, and we're going to focus on those over the the coming year or so. <clears throat> but even at this early stage, um, in my opinion. I think expectations have been set quite high because we've be already been introduced uh, in our meetings uh, to some of the very senior 
people within NHS Sussex, there's people who are leading on the data and digital work, the senior managers, and they've they've uh, sort of uh, uh, come along and introduced themselves to us and uh, sort of, uh, you know, we've already got that relationship there. So that's that, I think that's, a you know, in my experience of working in the NHS in this field, that, that was really a positive uh, step forward to, to set those expectations high. But of course, the challenge of setting those expectations is you need to fulfil them, and we need to meet them, and we need to ensure that we do uh, we do that as we go along. But uh, yeah, having as as we've said previously, having that um, close relationship with the senior people in the organisation and the senior uh, within the senior hierarchy is is crucial, uh, and you know it gives us gives us the opportunity to get make sure our, our input goes to the very top of the organisation. Thanks, Howard. Back over to you, Catherine. Yeah, um, I think that it's sort of special and important um, in so many ways, to be honest. Um, lots of reasons, but here's what strikes me most. Um, basically, we've got a diverse range of people on the panel, um, all coming, all being brought together so that we're, um, we've got all that collective uh, um, experience and wisdom, whilst at the same time, we all represent our particular groups within the community and we've all got our areas of special interest. So um, there's that dynamic, but we're all sort of coming together so we can offer Sussex that wealth of experience um, and it helps them to uh, the NHS in Sussex, if we're looking at it like that, as well as the people and communities, the NHS in Sussex can then reach out further and it can listen to those um, both marginalised voices and all the voices together, so it can just listen to more voices because it's got a wider reach. And then we're then we're ensuring that the most marginalised don't get left behind. Um, and the last thing that I think is that struck me was the extended timescale because we're going to be doing this for over a year, and that felt to me that uh, we were being given um, time, and um, that uh, that was a very um, sort of. Um, uh, that we could be more thorough and careful and um, so the process could be more natural and I don't know if I'm using the word organic quite in the right way but it just feels that way we can look at review and scrutinize everything obviously there are deadlines but it's not a, um, a sort of a everything rushed and um, which I don't think you could do your best work and I don't think we'd have the impact and, and make the difference that we can. And the last thing is basically that I think the regular meetings that we have once a month, and of course we're all in email contact in between, so it means that all the panel members are linked in. Um, we're only at the other end of an email, so to speak. So I think that's, you know, to me, that again, that just struck me as, as one of the important and special qualities. And I think finally, uh, we offer Sussex the benefit of our collective as well as our individual experience. So thank you for that. Um, over to you, Isabel. Um, I'm sure from this discussion, other systems and organisations will be interested in how they can set this up, the logistics. Um, I'd really like to get a feel for some reflections on your behalf, um, any learning points or things that other systems could consider in order to create their own panel. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Louis. I think I dropped down a couple of points, really, because I was reflecting on kind of what would I do if I was to do this again? <laughs> and I think for me, as I mentioned before, I just I think in Sussex we are we are incredibly fortunate that we have such a strong 
a robust way of working with our people and communities. We have a long historic relationship of working with our people and communities. Um, and so we have built over the years a really strong um, partnership particularly with our voluntary and community sector, with our kind of what I what I class as community leaders, as volunteers. Um, but with this, I think what's been really exciting is that we've got some new faces. Um, so we've got a bit of a both, which I find really exciting because it's great that we have such a strong, robust way of involving people, but it's even better when we get new people on board um, to really complement that work. And I think that's something that's quite special I think to Sussex I have to say but I think if I was to do it again I think going back to what I was saying around being open and being flexible um, and being okay in a space where the power balance does change and you're not holding all the cards and you don't have all the answers um, so I think I would try and be as an individual a bit more open to change, a bit more flexible, a bit okay in that space, which I think as most people don't like change, I don't like change, um, but being okay in that space. I think I would think a little bit more about accessibility. And I think that's something that I think I've kind of tried to work on with um, kind of the advice of our chair and our vice chairs, and obviously the panel members and, and staff as well. How can we be a bit more accessible and really listening to our panel members? And there's a, there's a couple of panel members that have been particularly useful in holding a mirror up to me um, to just say, look, this would be better for us and, and going with that flow. And, and sometimes I think working in an organization like the NHS there are kind of organizational boundaries and barriers and it's almost because saying okay here are the barriers but what can we do to kind of work around that and what's okay and what's not to really work with those individuals I think as well um thinking about kind of again back to accessibility language and I think there's still a piece for me I think Howard said we're still early days absolutely we're still early days we've only done two meetings but we've got a whole you know we've got till next October we've got so much to do um what can we do further to really embed the panel and what can we do further to work with staff um to work with our people and communities in the panel at a strategic way which is different it's different um so those things for me are kind of on my list if I was to do it again but also my list longer term because I think when you work in the kind of public involvement space when you work with people and communities it's you're consistently learning and that's the best space to be in I think even if you're someone like me who doesn't like change um I was also thinking about your question around kind of kind of if, if another kind of uh, system or organization was thinking about kind of developing a, a, a panel model. I think, again, as I mentioned, the panel's been developed as part of a bigger piece of work in Sussex. So I think because we've got that, it's always been kind of easy is the wrong word, but kind of. We've had such strong support from the digital and data teams. They've really welcomed this. And actually, within the shared delivery plan and the objectives, it's very clearly listed that they want a people's panel. And within that, there's also an ask around another piece of work, but it, there's specific asks. Um, so I think that's important to note in terms of the Sussex system, that there is this ask from our teams. They are very passionate about working with people and communities. They really get it. So I think in terms of if another system was to do this, I would really kind of get them to think about what are you wanting to create? What's the purpose of, so if you're going to go for a panel, what's the purpose? What's the need? Is it a tick box or is it meaningful involvement? What, what's, what are you trying to really get down? Because as Howard and Steve mentioned, it's about impact. And I think with public involvement and work people communities, 
sometimes it's really difficult to demonstrate the impact. And I think within the NHS and care system as well, it's really difficult to say this has directly had an impact without it sounding very transactional, very you said we did, which I'm a bit anti, that kind of transactional way of working because it's not about working together. So I think I kind of get systems to think about what's the value, what are you looking to achieve? Where will it sit, the panel? What's the governance flow? Is it a working group panel or is it something sitting quite strategically? Now, as, as I mentioned earlier, the, the people's panel sits underneath the delivery board and we have our, um, our chair sitting on the digital and data delivery board. Again, that's a massive smile for me. We also have our vice chairs, Steve and Bill, sitting on the people and population steering group, which sits slightly underneath the delivery board. So it's, I'd get them to think about governance. What's the governance flow for the work? How is it going to have impact? Because, you know, going back to what Howard and Steve have said, if we get that kind of feedback from what the panel is saying to the right places, that's going to help to demonstrate the impact. It'll be a lot easier to do that impact um, assessment. In terms of the panel composition, who are your members? Who do you want to involve? So when we were setting up the digital panel, I really looked at it from an equalities lens. So um, uh, people may be aware of equality and health and equality impact assessments. So quite long documents that really help us based around kind of the nine protected characteristics and other groups and communities that experience health inequalities or are marginalised. They really help us to consider all of those elements. And that's what I did. I kind of thought about well, what was the health and what were the equalities lens that needs to be considered around this so i would really recommend that systems would do a similar piece so you know they may not be doing digital but it's it's possible to do in other areas as well it's not you know it's not just digital data that the panel would work in i'd also kind of get systems to think about um what training and support panel members will need you know we've got 15 individuals of the panel that's a lot um and within my role um I half of my role is around the digital and data people's panel, but half is around how we work as a system to embed insight. So what's the resourcing and the capacity of that individual to support the panel? What training needs do the individuals need? I'd also get people to think about the cost implication because there is a cost, not just staff cost, but volunteer costs, you know, expenses, etc. Timeline, I really would think about kind of not rushing something like this. We spent, you know, I think we put in a proposal uh, to senior leaders around kind of May, June time. We had the panel up and running for the first meeting in November. Obviously, we had the summer break, et cetera, but we really made sure we gave ourselves plenty of time to spend doing that really kind of dedicated recruitment campaign, those interview conversations, all of that. Um, and then I think as well, kind of, giving you space to reflect on what's gone before. Maybe I should have said that at the start, but really think about kind of where have you tried to bring people in before at a strategic level, or it might be a working group level, what's gone right and what's gone wrong, get their insight and be open and honest. And also think about what existing assets you have within the community. Because often I think within the sort of uh, NHS and care, system sometimes we have a habit of duplicating so really making sure that that whatever you're trying to introduce whether it's a panel or involvement reference group or working whatever is not going to duplicate existing stuff and think about the voluntary sector as well because it's not just nhs and care, care that kind of 
work around public involvement. The voluntary sector are a massive asset. So thinking about all of the community assets you have as well, I would really encourage people to think about. I could go on and on and on, Louis, but I'm going to be quiet now, <laughs> if that's okay. Yeah, that was brilliant, Isabel. Some really, really useful points there. Um, I'm sure people will go away and, and act upon them. Um, from a panel member's point of view, I'm really interested to find out and share with others what can they ex- what can people expect coming onto a panel and what skills would be useful for a panel member? Uh, well, in, in terms of expectations, um, th- first of all, I, sh- I should say I, I thought the recruitment process for the panel was 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 first class, if I'm honest. Um, it was it was robust but not too onerous. Um, there were role descriptions, there were interviews. So that you know that was that was the way it should be done. And in my experience of working in the voluntary sector in the past, it's not always done that well. So so uh, we we had a good recruitment process which enabled you know Isabella and her colleagues to make sure that we had a, a representative people's panel, which is good. In terms of expectations going forward, I think you know uh, for any individual in a voluntary capacity, there has to be uh, the ongoing support there, has to be a a sense of, uh, you know, um, engagement in the project or or in in a panel in our our instance. Uh, There has to be um, a recognition that input is being valued and and listened to and and feedback from the organisation. I think that's important when Isabel mentioned that our chair sits on uh, you know other other groups and and uh, committees in the in the NHS. I think it's really important that we start getting feedback from that relationship. You know uh, from the uh, from the chair and the vice chair of our people's panel. Uh, so yeah, the the ongoing support uh, and you know Isabel's mentioned some of the training. There might be more training that we need in the future. I think because this is quite a technical area we're talking about. I mean Steve is is obviously a bit of an I, IT whiz. I'm certainly not but so I think recognizing where we need a bit more support in the future will be very important so we can really fully sort of engage in the whole process. Great thanks Howard and over to you Catherine. Yeah I think um, I think there's been so much diligence that's already been shown um, and I'm sure that's going to continue and grow. Um, I feel that um, people because because I feel that people's panels are just so progressive and such a good direction of, tra- of, of travel. And um, I was thinking that you've got like these, um, you know, um, the com- uh, channels of communication, if that's the right way of putting it. And so um, they're, they're, it's a two way thing. And they've they've been opened by us having the people panel. And, you know, that's, you know, what people's panels are all about. So you've got the channels of communication are open. It's two way um, interaction between us as the panel members. Um, I think as a panel member, um, uh, uh, personal qualities, I think you said that when you asked us if I'm right. Um, what uh, qualities would be good to have as a panel member. Um, I mean, obviously, team player and all those usual things that uh, go without saying and are obvious. Um, But I think, yeah, you've got to be a good listener. Um, And I think, um, um, and to show consistency and reliability. But I think those qualities, um, you know, those, you always want those qualities as well. But I think, um, yeah, and um, doing your background information, being prepared. And um, because, you know, it is a lot of work. And it's, as Isabel says, 
it's at a you know very high level so you know if we don't do our homework and all our background information you know it, it would be you know for me personally you know um i would feel ill prepared so i would never want to get into that situation because that's just not the way that i roll um so yeah so that i think that's my main um thoughts great thank you catherine yeah so i'll come over to you steve um what can people expect from the panel and what skills would they find useful um Unfortunately for me, uh, sort of the other panellists have probably touched upon the, the points that I'd, I'd noted down. But I think one of the most important things a, a panel can have is somebody like Isabel. And I, and I would recommend uh, any other panel being formed um, to either take a photocopy of Isabel or, or actually have somebody with very similar sort of traits and characteristics. Because the term that comes to mind, it's it's a bit like herding cats. And as Howard and Catherine said, you have a huge diversity of individuals on the panel. And like any group, you get 15 people, you'll have somebody incredibly quiet that needs to be brought out of their shell. You'll have some fairly gobby people, as we would say up north, the likes of myself, who you've got to shut up at the end of the day. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of skills, I think uh, Catherine mentioned listening skills. I think it's, it's important that we listen carefully um, and, and consider the points that have been raised to the panel. I think we need to challenge where appropriate, but challenge in a constructive way. This is not about negative energy. It's not about taking a pop at something you perhaps don't uh, agree with. It's about, you know, holding to account, challenging constructively wherever possible. And, you know, if appropriate, coming up with ideas, a resolution to something you might be raising. I think, as I was always taught, don't come to me with a problem unless you've got at least a stab of an idea as to how we can get a around that issue. So I think it's capturing that, that energy, managing expectations. And again, just reiterating a little that, that Howard said, we all like to be metaphorically you know, stroked. It's it's really important to 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 get some feedback, and I think the best um, will come out of the panel um, when there's a recognition back that we're being listened to, and perhaps that not just listening, but that we are even in a minor way positively influencing the behaviour um, of of the executives team teams that we're working with. So I think that probably touches upon my point, Louis. Fantastic. Thank you, Steve. That was great. Um, so before we end today's podcast, I'd like to say again, thank you very much for our guests for joining and sharing their insights today. I've definitely learned a lot and I'm sure other organisations across the NHS will take what they've learned today and, and put it into action. Um, so if you are hiring for any new technical roles or looking for a new role yourself, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone else you know would like to feature on a future podcast, please drop me a message too. I've been Louis. You can find me on LinkedIn or alternatively visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash UK forward slash NHS. Thank you again to our guests for joining and thank you for listening.